0: Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, this is for my dogs from the east to the west side. Rocket brown and orange with me, baby. Let's ride. Represent the land, let them know. Tell them, here we go, brownies. Here we go. Yeah, here we go.
1: Welcome back in everyone to another episode of the Here We Go Brownies podcast. I'm Allie Song coming at you live tonight. Join with me as always we got Dustin out in Boise. Dustin how you doing?
2: I could use a little more sleep. Um, I had a big event this weekend. I think I went 20 hours out of 24 hours awake but other you. than that um i'm okay um i met a a bulldog he sat in the cart with me he rode around with somebody who was at the garage sale so i made some new new animal friends out there but other than that it's been pretty good Allie,
1: not hey, too bad to see are um, you back I- in
2: the are you back in the dirty mortal
1: Hey, headed back this weekend. Um, it's been, uh, I wasn't here last week. Apologies that I couldn't jump on. But of course, Dustin was joined with Brown's legend, Felix Wright. He took my place. Um, but I'm headed back, business as usual. But I have been traveling nonstop. Uh, but that's okay. I am gaining as many mileage uh, points as I can. So I'm not completed that much.
2: A free trip in the future, right?
1: Uh, hey, exactly. So more travel to come. But of course, as always, we will keep you posted. We'll bring as many Browns legends on as we can or co-hosts as we can. So Dustin, thanks for filling in for me last week. Um, Felix, but Felix had a
2: good time. Felix had, we went over the schedule. You know, the schedule came out. We finally kind of went over the schedule and looked at uh, our upcoming schedule, which is kind of an interesting schedule. So.
1: Yeah, that is certainly as we're going to get into it a little bit tonight, Um, a lot to unpack tonight, we're going to welcome D'Anthony Bell Brown's rookie undrafted free agent to the program here in about 20 minutes So stay tuned for that exclusive live interview, Um, a lot to break down here in the first segment but uh, really before we do that just want to take a moment and and send our thoughts and prayers Mm -hmm. uh, down to Texas An absolutely heinous and foul act. Um, taking the lives of many children, a couple of adults there in that school, um, something's got to change. Uh, and right now it's really difficult, Dustin, to get on and talk about football because yeah. nothing yeah. else matters. Nothing else matters. Yeah. Um, like Steve Kerr said in, in his, um, he did press availability that he had last night, that basketball doesn't even matter. And, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. It was really hard to prep for the show tonight, um, just feeling a lot of, of things. And, of course, want to send thoughts, prayers, Um, and as much well wishes and just as much as we can down to that community because it's just a, an egregious and terrible act.
2: Yeah. I mean, we all know there was some kind of domestic dispute that happened previous to that. And then, you know, it just a reckless act like that, just to go into a school like that. Just, yeah. I mean, personally, I, you know, I could get on a soapbox, but mental health, mental health is a real issue um and it's not being addressed in this country and i think there's a a
1: lot of problems that need to be addressed um and i don't want to spend too much time on this but of course off the top want to just send condolences thoughts prayers as much as we can here um and try to transition as uh you know gently as we can here into football right now like i said football doesn't even matter in the grand scheme of things but thoughts and prayers now to texas um but with that let's transition as best as we can of course um Dustin, you know Jadavian Clowney is is once I'm again a not- Brown since <laughs> we last uh, spoke. Some other things to get to, uh, really. Bef-
2: I'm yeah. just curious if he goes on record as being the person that stays out the longest, and everybody kn- it's like the worst kept secret in the world. Like he just waits and he waits and he waits, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm good. Let's sign." Like it's funny to me. Like it's like everybody it was like the worst kept secret. It was like nobody else is. Now I will say this just to segue into that. It sounds like he turned down multiple offers for two year right. deals uh, for more money. To, so that right. tells me a lot about his relationship, um, not only with Miles Garrett and the other guys on the defensive line, but also his relationship with Deshaun Watson. So I think there's a little bit of uh, interesting uh, stuff going on there as well.
1: Yeah. Um, Nathan Zagura pointed out on Cleveland Brown's daily. Today or yesterday, I'm mixing up my days here. Uh, but basically, said that as soon as Deshaun Watson came to Cleveland, Jadavion Clowney sent him a text and said, "You know, I'm I'm coming too," or something along those lines. I don't want to misquote him. But right. essentially, this has been in the works for longer than I think that we're aware and we right. were on here saying the longer that it takes for him to sign with the team the more likely it is that he will be a Cleveland Brown
0: right. um so we
1: feel pretty good about that so, so we're going to get into exactly what that means for this defensive line here in just a moment before we do that guys if you were wondering what you should have for dinner the answer for you is Angelo's Pizza head on over to Lakewood get your hands on the best pizza in Northeast Ohio you can see it on the screen <laughs> Angelo's does it right they start out with a buttery crust. And they do double layer toppings. It's a great. It's great in the restaurant. It's even better at home, and it's just as great the next day. So head on over to Angelo's today. Um, that's oh, are, are you saying that's
2: good? Are you that's good hangover pizza? Are you hinting? That's at-
1: exactly what I'm saying. And <laughs> that's, that's from experience. You need, a little, need a little Gatorade, a little Tylenol, a little Angelo's pizza. That does it. What else do you need?
2: Uh, oh, that's funny. Anyway.
1: Um, But Dustin, let's talk about what this means for the defensive line. Uh, The Browns go out, they draft um, Alex Wright. They bring in Chase Winovich. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what that means for those guys, and specifically Chase Winovich. Um, He was brought in to kind of be that rotational piece before Jade Clowney came back and before Alex Wright. You're looking at him as the primary defensive end opposite of Miles Garrett. What does this mean now for somebody like him?
2: Well, I just think, you know, we saw this last year. It just frees up a little more creative creativity on the defensive line, right? I think this also helps our rookies um, in the experience category, like a Winfrey and some of these other guys,
1: yeah,
2: to get some experience and depth at that line. Um, we talked about this in Vegas with some of the Browns players, Metcalf and some of us, how much getting – Clowny back would only make Miles Garrett a much, much better player in a football game and make defenses scheme differently for those two on the field versus we'll just keep our eyes on Miles. We're good. Don't worry about that other side of the line. We'll just pick on that all day. So I think this makes it much more difficult for our opponents in the AFC North, as well as any other opponent we play this year, because now you have to worry about both of them, right? And you have to look at both these guys. Uh, They both can get after the quarterback. They can both cause uh, havoc in the backfield there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I think when we specifically look at some of these other guys, these rotational pieces that were brought in, if you take a look at what we had last year with Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney, um, Tack McKinley, I was firmly of the belief that Tack McKinley was going to have that breakout season. And he really started to get things going towards the mid to late portion of the season before he got hurt, uh, which was just brutal to see because he was really starting to get things figured out. Um, And not to compare too much, but I think that somebody like a Chase Winovich this year could play that type of rotational role, Tack McKinley role, that could come in and get four to Eight sacks this season. I, I really think that it's it's entirely possible. Last season, I said, "Hey, I think Tech McKinley could get double digit sacks." That didn't come to fruition. Of course, he had the injury and didn't quite get get going as quickly as we had anticipated. Yeah. Um, somebody like Chase Winovich, who plays with his hair on fire, he's an aggressive um, player at the point of attack. He can get after the quarterback. Um, he can absorb the run. Uh, I, I think that somebody like that, we, I think it's realistic to say he yeah, four to six, eight maybe sacks. Eh, Maybe it's a little high, but, you know, in that range.
2: Well, you look like Winfrey and, like I said, Winovich and these guys that are being added to this line. Um, You know what I see a lot of? I see a whole lot of nasty on that front line. I see a lot of tenacious, um, high energy from that defensive line, and I think I like that. Um, I've thought about this depending on with the Deshaun Watson suspension and stuff like that. We may have to lean on the defense this year to carry us in some football games and maybe even win a couple of football games for us uh, d- during the stretch of this uh, upcoming season. And I think what we have now, the defense looks pretty well-tuned. And like you said, some of these guys will be coming back year two with a lot more experience. Training camp's not going to be all new to them. Allie, I expect pretty high things of our defense this year. I really do, and I think – Um, many people I've talked to that are Browns fans like, nah, I'm not worried about the defense that we're good. Like, you know, the, the offense has to gel and depending on this or that, you know, and the wide receivers that are rookies, but this defensive unit could be really tough to be a tough out for our opponents.
1: Well, I think even at the start of last season, we're like, man, watch out for this defense. Once they get things going, this is a Super Bowl caliber defense. I'm not saying team, I'm not doing that, but this is a Super Bowl <laughs> caliber team last year. Now, I think they have, what, nine starters, new starters on the on the defensive side of the ball, and it took them some time to really get things going. Week um,
2: seven or eight was kind yeah, of... Yeah, it, it was really
1: after the bye week. They really started to get things going. They were absolutely locked down. What do you expect out of the defense this season? I mean, I'll, I'll give you kind of my anticipations for what they're going to bring to the table. Uh, Of course, you're still adding some new names there. But ultimately, I think we're going to be fast. We're going to be rangy um, Mm -hmm. on both the backside, you know, in the defensive backfield. Um, And I also think that that up front, that defensive line is going to be a force to be reckoned with. But I do believe in our secondary, that's going to be our – I think Andrew Barry went about this draft and free agency class. Like, hey, you can't have enough corners. You lock (laughs) down the secondary. It's going to make for an easier time for the pass rush. I'm not going to say one's going to be better than the other, uh, but I think we're going to be fast. We're going to be athletic. We're going to be dynamic. And we're going to be versatile. Um, That's really what I'm expecting, especially with a player like JOK, who's kind of a hybrid safety linebacker, pass rusher, can do it all. Um, And then, of course, Denzel Ward, Greedy, Greg, Miles, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, you've got a lot of star power there, but having already played that one year in this Joe Wood system last year, I think coming into this season, you might see seeing it, it really kick in week one.
2: Yeah. And I think again, all these guys, it's their year two. It's going to be much more. And I think um, Joe Wood is going to expect more of these guys in year two and for them to take that next level and play at a higher level like a Greg and those guys to, you know, step it up and actually play at a higher level than they did. And I think J.O.K. could be lights out. But what I'm seeing that I could, that I kind of was looking at, you could see a potential, and this is crazy for me to even say, where you could have more than two people, more than two people on the Browns defensive line have double digit sacks. I think this defensive line can be that aggressive and get those kind of sacks if they play to their potential, right? Because there's depth there now, and there is that potential where guys are fresh and they can come in and attack, attack, attack. And I think we're going to see more of that, a little more aggression. Uh, Are you
1: you insinuating that those two would be Miles and Jadavion? Yeah. Okay.
2: And then a third, I think, could could get close to that double digit. With uh, Now, there's some rumors out there of another gentleman, and we're probably going to talk about that. Uh, If you added him to the off the defensive line, that could be. Who are you recommending? Sue.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Bring in Indama and Sue. You know, but but really taking a look at the edge, Dustin. I think. Who do you think? Okay, I want to post something here. You bring up the two that could absolutely get after the quarterback with double digit sacks: Jaden Young, Miles Garrett. And then you mentioned somebody that could maybe get five, six, seven, eight in that range. Who do you think that is? You think that's Alex Wright, Chase Winovich? Do you think that's somebody else? Do you think that that could be an interior defensive lineman? What do you think? I mean, this is a very versatile defense. Who do you think that third player could be?
2: Well, I think Winovich could definitely do that just from his experience in New England, right? He comes over, he's, he's, he's very well-versed. He can come right in and not have to, you know, basically learn, but I could see a guy like uh, this may seem weird to say, but a rookie like Winfrey come in uh, with his uh, high energy kind of play and kind of yeah. surprise some people. Um, he's already like getting some eyeballs at camp, right? In the OTAs, I could see someone like that out of nowhere, right? Because we always see that, right? There's that one guy that nobody saw that jumped off the page and was like, "What is that guy doing? Like he's mm-hmm. crazy out there!" Like, and again, I think that's because you're going to be able to keep guys fresh this year longer. Um, we had, you know, there's some COVID and some injuries last year. I think you're going to be able to have guys in there that are more fresh and actually uh, can play at a higher level just because you're going to have more. They're not going to be as exhausted in that late third, you know, fourth quarter. That's just how I think this could turn out.
1: Hey, it's going to be interesting to see how things shake out. We're obviously kind of in the thick of it this offseason. There's still some more free agents possibly to add. I think Kevin Stefanski and, and uh, Andrew Berry would like to have this roster shaped up. Uh, sooner rather than later, but we know it's ever evolving. Uh, we're going to get into some free agents that are left. Kind of a discussion here in a little bit, but Dustin, why don't you tell our friends about Stadium Mustard right well, down the
2: middle of the screen? <laughs> down the middle, I like that. I like that. Uh, we're having fun with our creative creative night, guys. So enjoy um, Stadium Mustard. Everybody knows what Stadium Mustard is. It's the best land, best mustard in the land. It's iconic. It's been around forever. If you're in uh, the old Cleveland Municipal or First Energy, you've had this as a kid or now. You can get it in every grocery store across the country or, I mean, in Ohio. But if you can't and you're you know—you're out, like, say, in Idaho or South Carolina or wherever you might be and you want Stadium Mustard, just go to stadiummustard.com. They'll ship it out to you. They'll have it out to you pretty quick. And uh, I just say it's iconic because if you have been to a game as a kid, I mean, it's part of being a Browns fan. It's like We say of- it's
1: iconic because it is iconic. Exactly. Point blank. All right, Dustin, uh, before we welcome D'Anthony Bell onto the program, if you guys have any questions that you'd like for us to ask him, if you have any questions for us, uh, drop those in the comments. We'll get to him as best as we can. But I want to have a little bit of a conversation about free agents that are still potentially out there. I, I think with Jarvis Landry going down to New Orleans – Um, I still think having a veteran receiver of some caliber in there uh, would be beneficial. just whether that's somebody like a Will Fuller or, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. there's a laundry list of names that really you could throw out there just having another body in there right now, but who knows, maybe somebody like a Jamarcus Bradley steps up and, and can play that role. Um, I think interior defensive line is another important position that I would like to see addressed. Um, do you have any other maybe guys that you have kind of on your radar or positions? What do you, what do you think?
2: Nobody in particular. I, I'm personally, I'm going to watch the rookie class of wide receivers. You know, to see how they kind of work out through OTAs. That's going to be my focus. Um, I'm really hoping and wanting to see, you know, Donovan People Jones had kind of a, a flat year, right? And he had a great year, flat year. I really want to see him excel. That's what I want to see um, in training camp and as we go into the season. I want to really see Donovan People Jones go to sort of the next one right. Obviously, Amari Cooper's got all the talent in the world. Yeah. I'm not worried about him. I feel comfortable with him with Deshaun Watson or, you know, any of the other quarterbacks. But really, DPJ is who I'm going to really focus on and see if he's going to be able to bring that up to the next level.
1: Yeah, I still think it's important to have another set of hands in there, right? You go out, you you bring in last year uh, Anthony Schwartz, Demetrius Felton, who will now solely be a running back, but you still have that versatility there in that yeah. room. Um And of course, Donovan Peoples-Jones, as you mentioned. But you know, I think Will Fuller kind of stands out to me because he is a former first-round pick uh, and he has significant playing experience with Deshaun Watson. Um, There's a lot of chemistry there. You do need that safety net. Uh, You lose Jarvis Landry. You lose Odell Beckham Jr. You lose um, Hollywood Higgins. Just to have another veteran in that room, because right now it's Amari Cooper, Mm. who's in his first year in this system. Um, Then it's Donovan Peoples-Jones, right? That's taking on a, a massive role. And I'm not saying that he can't do it. I have all the faith in the world in uh, Chad O'Shea and and this entire coaching staff to be able to coach these guys up to that next level. And I think bringing in Deshaun Watson will elevate those guys. Um, mm-hmm. But we've seen what, what have we seen in the past? You know, COVID injuries, et cetera. I, I just think having another set of hands yeah. um, in that room would be, would be helpful.
2: Well, you know, it might be interesting, you know, when you look at the big scheme of things with Deshaun Watson's game um we may see someone explode onto the scene like a schwartz with his speed right that just didn't get to be shown last year right it got lost um he just seems like he got lost in the offense don't you think last year it just didn't seem like that role never felt comfortable for him to where he was being able to showcase his speed maybe that's something we see this year right that we didn't see before so
1: yeah It will certainly be interesting, that is for sure. But guys, whether it's sophisticated suburban living, luxury downtown digs, or senior housing, K&D, the largest property management company in Northeast Ohio, has the perfect home for everyone. K&D is your one-stop shop for housing in the region with apartments and amenities for everyone, including residential, commercial, retail, and retail and corporate housing. Find your dream home at KND. Visit knd.com to get started. That's the letter K, the word and the letter D dot com. Dustin, what do you say? Let's go ahead and welcome our good friend, D'Anthony Bell to the program. D'Anthony, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. I'm just blessed. Blessed to be here.
1: Well, thank you for taking the time to join us. We greatly appreciate it. You're looking awesome. We're so excited to have you here in Cleveland. We're pumped up for you. But I'm going to turn it over to you. If you can just kind of tell us what the past few days have been like for you. What are you feeling? You know, what's going through your head?
0: Uh, Yeah, you know, the past few days, is it's been a little busy schedule. But, you know, uh, just trying to get it all in, take it all in, you know, and just take advantage of the opportunity that I'm given. So just learning the playbook and watching a lot of those older guys and talking to a lot of those old guys and seeing what they see out there on the field and, you know, just soaking it all up. So I'm just blessed to be out there with them and blessed to have an opportunity.
2: So D'Anthony, obviously you've been in Cleveland for what, a couple of weeks now, roughly something like that. that. Um, One, what's the thing that surprised you the most about, you know, coming from Florida to Cleveland, right? Very (laughs) drastic difference, (laughs) big difference in the weather. Um, But what's been the biggest difference and what, um, what has surprised you most about, being in the the building the Browns and you know being on an NFL staff and what have you you know what's been your biggest surprise and what have you enjoyed most about Cleveland so far
0: um I think I think the biggest surprise I mean for me it's a lot of surprises you know coming from (laughs) D2 we didn't have as much so I'm shocked every day that I can go in and see the cold tub (laughs) inside the facility (laughs) in a pool so a lot of stuff is shocking to me and then I think uh, the thing I like about the most is just how much it feels like family and how much, uh, you know, the older guys are involved in helping helping us. You know, they, they don't have to go out their way to help us, but, you know, they stand and talk to us when they're not in and tell us what they see and tell us what cause is what. So just see that family atmosphere, I I, lo- I love that.
1: I love to hear it. I mean, that's, that's kind of been the overwhelming theme. When we have guys on, you know, they always talk about just the culture and what it's like to be a Cleveland Brown. Um, But has there been anybody maybe in the rookie class or a veteran that you've kind of looked up to as a mentor or maybe has taken you under their wing a little bit? Is there anybody that you're, you're really getting close with?
0: Uh, I wouldn't say nobody has like took me under as mentorship right now, but you know me and uh, MJ Emerson, mm-hmm. we 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 be together every day. You know, going over film and you know uh, Sean Jolly, he's also a uh, uh, free agent here. So all of, all of us, we usually in the rooms. You know, Mike Harley, receiver from Miami, we all hang together and we all look over film and all try to help each other get better. Uh, MJ just left my room. We was just watching <laughs> film. So. You know, we try to stick together. That's what I'm saying. I like I like that everybody came in with the same mindset of uh, helping each other and trying to get better.
2: Yeah, yeah so D'Anthony, walk us through this because, you know, a lot of Browns fans are watching the show. Um, what is it like for a new rookie? You know, what does that look like if you're walking through the doors uh, of the, the facility there? What is a typical day like for a rookie? Because um, you guys all come in with a rookie class. What does that look like? You know, a typical day um, out there in camp?
0: Uh typical day is usually we have uh, workouts at 6:45 a.m. and then after that we'll usually have a, a rookie meeting with the coaches before that whole team meeting. So we'll have a rookie uh, defensive meeting for me, it's defensive back meeting with Howard and uh, mm-hmm. Coach Lynch. And then after that, we usually would have a whole defensive meeting, have a whole defensive meeting, and then we break up into individual groups again and have those meetings. And then usually we go out to practice. After practice is um special team meetings and special team walkthroughs. And then we usually have a rookie development meeting after that. Mm. So we usually get done around like 2 30 is three o'clock.
2: Okay.
1: Busy day, busy yeah. day all day, every day. But you know, that, that keeps it going. But I wanna I wanna ask you, you know, with the NFL draft, with that that whole experience, it kind of came and went. I wanna ask you what that undrafted free agency process was like. Um, I know it's different for everybody. You know, did you have Cleveland on your radar or, you know, did you know that they were interested in you? How did that relationship kind of come to fruition?
0: Yeah, well, um, I already had a relationship with uh, Coach Howard from the East-West Shrine game when I was there. So, you know, during the process on that third day of the draft, I already had locked in with Cleveland. We was like, you know, if we don't get drafted, I'm already going to sign with Cleveland. So I already had knew where I wanted to be and where I wanted to go, you know. So it felt like, you know, it just felt like the right choice and it felt like home. So I'm, I'm glad I made that decision. So.
2: So so question, Lumberjack, right? That came from yeah. somewhere, or the Hitman. Yeah. Tell us how that came about. Who gave you that nickname and how that all came about uh, down there at West Florida?
0: Oh, uh, well, yeah. It started at uh, Butler Community College. And, you know, okay. all of our uh, DBs had the, the first part, Lumberjack. Everybody had that in you know, kind of like just chopping wood and getting better. So uh, every all the DBs had Lumberjack. And then I just started out, you know, I was hitting people a lot. And I was getting a lot of good hits in, so they just gave me the name Hitman. And then it at first at first it started with they was calling me John Wick at first, <laughs> you know, said I had county out for all the receivers. And then, uh, and then West Florida just like carried on. I kept on making those big hits and big plays, and, and the name just carried on. Why is it safe
2: for a safety? You're you know you're six one two fifteen roughly around that yeah. size. You know, um, that's pretty big. So I mean you can lay a hit on a guy out there. So yeah. I was watching some of your film, and it's like, you know. I always say, no matter what level of football you play at, if you can take a guy out and hit him and, you know, end the play and uh, the interceptions you've gotten as well. Um, wh- how did that probably help you to the next level? Right. Cause we always see this where there's players that, you know, nobody's, Discovered and all of a sudden, um, I think of like Cooper Cup, right? Played at Eastern yeah. Washington University. Um, nobody ever heard of Eastern Washington University, right. and you know, he's the starting wide receiver for the LA Rams, and he wins a Super Bowl, right? Like, mm-hmm. so right. explain like how that helped you, um, you know, progress and help in that
0: situation. Uh, I think I think it just coming from a smaller school that nobody knows it helps you have a chip on your shoulder. It helps you, you know, want to prove that you're able to play with whoever, you know? So in my in my my division and division two, I just tried to dominate whatever opponent I had, you know? So I, I couldn't be denied. Anybody that stepped in front of me had to be dominated because I felt like I was better than that competition already. So when it came down to it, it was like, hey, if I dominate here and I go to the bowl games and dominate as well, you can't deny me. You can't say that I'm not good enough to play with those guys. And, you know, I just come in with the same mentality, like, hey, you got to show me that you're better than me. So. I think it it works out in my favor. You know, it keeps me competitive, and I'm a very competitive person. So,
2: Well, and and to your point, no matter what level of play you play at, and I believe West Florida won the whole thing in 2019, right? They won the championship. So that says a lot to the program, right, and the players on that program to play at such a high level. Um, And you're right. You just have to prove at the next level that you can play with those other folks. Go ahead, Alex.
1: No, I, I I love it. You know, I think you have to have that, no pun intended, but that dog mentality in Cleveland, right? It's, it's a a city, it's a blue collar city, everybody has a chip on their shoulder, everybody's competitive. Um, But you know, going through some of your stats, some of your film, one thing about you, D'Anthony, is you're incredibly versatile. Um, You know, being able to be a return guy back, back in the day and just bringing that agility and that versatility to the table. But I want to ask you, what would you consider to be your greatest strength that you're bringing to the Cleveland Browns?
0: Um, my greatest strength would probably be just, you know, being, being at my size and being able to run and hit. So, you know, on mm-hmm. special teams that help helped me out a lot, being able to play a lot of different positions on special teams and uh, go up against a lot of linebackers or bigger guys that's on the opposite team, special team. So, just being at my size and being able to run a hit and, you know, being athletic as well, it, it'll give me an edge. and It'll help me out just, you know, yeah. contribute to the team on special teams.
2: Do you have one of the comments in here? Somebody asked, have, uh, have you covered any of the uh, starter and wide receivers yet? Have, have you went up against any of the, any of those guys? And how did you fare so far?
0: Well, yeah, we've been doing um a little bit of seven on seven stuff. And, you know, I, I felt, I felt fairly comfortable. You know, I always felt comfortable in man coverage stuff. So, it comes down to covering tight ends i've never really felt uncomfortable because you know it's it's not really a a mismatch for me i would say so i've I've been feeling really comfortable
2: well with us being more of a heavy tight end football team that also helps you get to that experience as well when you have to go up against other teams uh where they have you know uh tight ends or an emphasis in their offense yeah
1: yeah i want to know you know with your mentality your physicality what role do you see yourself playing for the Browns? You know, do you want to come in, be a, a day one contributor, you know, role player, starter? What what are your goals this season? Who do you who do you see yourself as in 2022?
0: Oh, yeah. In 2022, I definitely see myself as a role player, you know, trying to, you know, contribute the best way I can. Like I said, on special teams or just kick off, kick return, punt, punt return or what, whatever it may be, you know, just doing my job and doing what I'm asked. So uh, I think my contribution will be on special teams
1: awesome that's awesome
0: yeah
2: well i was just to say we're, we're happy that you're uh, in the dog pound uh, um obviously i know i got you in contact with felix so two safeties sure. can talk about what it is to to play between the lines out there in cleveland sure. um you know it's always a pleasure to talk to the new guys and get their experience ali do you have any other uh closing questions or thoughts oh, for,
1: uh, of, course I do. I, of course i do of <laughs> uh, course i just want to highlight a couple of our of our comments here Um, you know, Linda, she can't wait to see you there in the dog pound. (laughs) And with a good one, when you hear us coming out of the tunnel, you know that you're our family. Um, one, I just want to know, what's it like so far, you know, just being part of the Cleveland community. Um, what I've heard is, you know, listening to some of the, the on the field podcast, Cleveland Browns daily. Um, they're talking about the energy, the aura, you know, what's it like there? Can you kind of paint the picture for us?
0: Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, uh, it's one of those things where you come in and it's like everybody, nobody's going to come down to your standard. You know, you have to go up to everyone else's standard. So the older guys, they already have this standard. It's like, Hey, either you, you catch up or you get lost, you know? So for us, it's like coming in with that same energy. Everybody come out there and we believe as, as far as like, Hey, we the best, you know? So it's, yeah. it's a lot of competitiveness going on and it's a lot of those guys that just want to come out there and work and get better and learn the playbook better. So, that that's the aura just like hey we 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 determine if we want to be the best we determine if we want to win so how many games so let's show what we can do you know let's work to determine those results and get what we want
1: iron sharpens iron Definitely.
0: As, yeah
2: deanthony real quick uh, obviously clowney we were talking about this earlier on the show resigned with the browns he was out there uh, miles garrett obviously there um obviously you've had a little time uh, what's been your kind of uh experience with those guys
0: uh, you know, they, they they the same as us. You know, you 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 see them like before I got here, you see them you're like, dang, this is such and such, this is such and such. But you know, when you get in that locker room, they're they're just cool than everybody else. You know, they walk past you, they'll they'll say good morning, they'll talk to you, you know, they'll ask you how you doing, and they'll ask you how's rookie camp for you. And you know, those guys, they're they're really humble people. And I, I was glad to see that. You know, I was I was kind of nervous coming in saying, like, you know, if, if you could talk to certain people, but you know, as far as being here, you can you can ask anybody anything. Anybody on the team, you can ask, and they'll give you a legit answer and a real answer and a humble answer at that. So it's been amazing, great opportunity.
2: Well, yeah, like I said, it's almost like a family uh, unit in there. Everybody kind of wants to just support everybody. You know, you can always go up to Miles and try to challenge them to a Dungeon and Dragons game. <laughs> and, like internal, uh, they they really like to nerd out on that and be like, you know, maybe you get invited to uh, was it Teller. Uh, the three
1: uh, johnny stanton i think too yeah, johnny
2: stanton yeah. uh Marley. i don't know anything about it but yeah, yeah. They're in but their own but they have this very competitive dungeons and dragons that they take very seriously and get into it
0: so
1: right. <laughs> well uh d i'll get you out of here on this if you can just describe to the listeners the type of player that you are and what cleveland can expect out of the hitman
0: uh, I would say the type of player that I am is a player that's going to give his all, you know, a player that's going to do these asked, and the player that's going to, you know, come out there with that grit and chip on his shoulder and, and willing to win. I love to win, you know? So that, that's my, that's my competitive edge is winning. I feel like I always got a chance to win. So working on those things to improve, to win, I'm that player that's always going to put in the extra work. The player that's going to grind on his own. The player that's going to, you know, make, make the Browns happy, you know, make my coaching staff happy and do what I'm asked of and, I'm blessed to be here, and I thank everybody for welcoming me here. You know, so it's been a very welcoming situation. So I'm glad about that.
1: Well, we are so excited to have you as a Cleveland Brown. Thank you for taking the time to join us on the Ohio Brownies Podcast. You're amazing. We wish you nothing but the best and good luck this season.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. you. you
1: That is D. Anthony Abel, the Browns undrafted free agent out of West Florida. I like. I like his energy. I like him.
2: I, I think he's cool, calm, and collective. That's what I like about him. He knows what his assignment is. He wants to come in and contribute. And just he's humbled, right? He knows. And I kind of like the chip on the shoulder. That kind of stood out to me that, that hey, you know what? I'm going to prove that I can play along with the rest of these guys. Um, I do like what he said about you can walk up and talk to anybody and they'll give you a candid, real answer. Um, I'm assuming in some locker rooms there could be guys like, hey, don't talk to me. You're a rookie, you know, like you know, right. you know, you know what I mean. Like there could be guys like that. I'm assuming there are, uh, but the fact that he said he felt like he could walk up to clowny or Miles Garrett and have a conversation with them is pretty cool. I think that just kind of shows you. Um, well, that goes back to Stefanski, right? The kind of. Uh, the locker room that he wants and the type of people he wants in that locker room and the kind of message he wants. So,
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, Love, love that interview. What a great guy. Love his energy, what he brings to the table. And I'm so excited to see him out there Um, guys. He is so versatile Uh, back in college. You know, he was on special teams. He was a a return specialist. Um, He can, he can be a gunner. He can do it all. Um, but also he can fly around in that secondary and obviously make some big time plays. That's the hitman, man. Um, guys, if you are buying or selling a home and you need someone who can walk you through that process, ladies and gentlemen, that person for you is Katie Klanowski out of Berkshire Hathaway. Take it from me, buying a home is an incredibly stressful time. Make sure you have someone who can make the process simpler. Give Katie a call today. That is 216-246-3336. That's Katie Klanowski out of Berkshire Hathaway. Um, Dustin, that was great. I- I'm glad we got to talk to him. Yeah. Uh, great young man and, uh, you know, things you love to see. I think you're right. Being able to have that family environment, you, you shouldn't be afraid to go up to anybody and ask them for support. Um, we're- they're all trying to accomplish the same goal. Um, and mm-hmm. I-, I speak, you know, in my own personal experience at work, or if I'm in a team setting, you know, everybody contributes to, to working towards that goal.
2: Well, Allie, just real quick, uh, just a little side note there. The reason I wanted him to speak with Felix Wright um, specifically is a lot of people don't know the journey of Felix Wright. Um, He actually, his first year out of college, there were two teams that was looking at him. Houston was one of them. He made it onto the Houston Oilers camp and got released. Felix Wright then had to go play in the Canadian Football League for a couple years. Um, Then his talents looked so well. Again, chip on the shoulder. I can show you I can play. The Cleveland Browns came along, were the highest bidder, right? The highest bidder. And in that, to get him six years later, two AFC championship games, right? He's playing, um, or sorry, I believe three, sorry, three AFC championship games. And now I didn't learn this till recently. He was out of football for a year. Marty Schottenheimer called him up for the fourth game to play in the AFC championship game, the Chiefs versus the bills so he actually played in four afc championship games and was signed just for that game and the super bowl you know if they played the next year but obviously the bills went on to go to the super bowl so it just goes to show you these guys are always chipping to get that opportunity because you never know when you won't have it or when you will have it and it's just kind of funny to look at these journeys of how people kind of how they you know find their way like you know, Marty calling them all season, you in game shape, you in game shape. Okay. You're still in game shape. All right. You know, and then get that opportunity. So,
0: yeah.
1: Another thing happening uh, if you haven't seen, Um, along with some of those other deals that were made this off-season. One on the horizon is David Njoku um, in talks for a... They are, according to Mary Kay Cabot, they are very close to a long-term deal with David Njoku. Um, Things you love to see. I don't exactly know what that that price looks like, um, but Dustin, you know, what do you think? Do you think... um, this is, what, this is what it says on BrownsNation.com. He said to make $10.9 million due to the fact that the Browns placed the franchise tag on him. Possibly David Ajoku could get $12 million per year on a three-year deal, assuming the Browns decide to extend him. Do you think that David is worth that money or more or less? What do you think on that?
2: I do, and I'll tell you why I do. Um, he is a team player. I, I, I see a lot of team player in him a lot. Um, and here's why I feel like he's a good fit um we talked about it remember we're like hey David don't go anywhere the Browns are your best fit stay right and then all of a sudden he's like yeah I don't think he was watching the show but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh hey hey uh you know I should stay He you know. said
1: hey Dustin and Allie you're right yeah, I heard yeah, your you show, are. and I like the way you think I'm gonna like stick it you out. Think.
2: I'm gonna fire my agent and I'm going back to the Browns Thanks <laughs> so, and really um, my mind but, no, I think he actually realized how good of a fit he was and how well he fit into this offense. And he has been nothing but a class act since that time, right? And I think he's earned and deserved that. Um, I saw Craig mention 13 or 14. You know, that's getting up there a little bit, but I think 12 is, is is doable, especially if it's a multi-year deal, right, 36 million, three years. I think I would be okay with that. You know, again, he's got the experience. Um he, he's versatile. Um, yeah. I like his speed. Um, I think he can get separation. So yeah, I'm, I'm actually very okay with that. What do you think? Alec?
1: No, I I agree. I think, you know, knocking on 14, 15, 16 million, uh, you know, I think is a, is a little much, um, but you know, 12, 13, even 14, you can, you can probably, you can absolutely talk me into that. I, I think he's worth it. Now, one thing to note about David Njoku is going into his, what was this? His sixth year. Um, you know, he hasn't exactly shined in the way that I think we all thought he would, being a first-round talent. However, talking about circumstance, go back to 2019 when he was in the doghouse with Freddie Kitchens, um, being underutilized, and then yep. they bring in Austin Hooper based off of that entire situation, and then he starts to have his breakout. Um, I, I truly believe that David, as a tight end one, will show out. He will be worth the money, and I think he's a great uh, I say addition, but just a great extension to remain on this offense, especially with more of a dynamic type of throwing offense. Yeah. Uh, I think David will certainly excel in that. And, and it's really going to be interesting to see how he pairs specifically with Deshaun Watson. You go back with Baker Mayfield running a ton of heavy personnel, um, two, three tight end sets. I don't anticipate that we're going to see a lot of that in, uh, with Deshaun Watson under center. I could be entirely wrong on that. It, it could be, you know, a lot of the same thing. But ultimately, I think that Deshaun will elevate the the play of everybody offensively. Um, and I think David included in that. And I think he is worth, you know, 13, 12 $13, 14000000 a year uh, to keep around because, you know, I think he's dynamic. He's versatile and he can just all out ball.
2: Oh, our good friend Clark Patton said he will be a beast this year, so mm. interesting.
1: Yeah. yeah, who will be a beast, Clark or David?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, Clark's birthday was yesterday, so happy oh, birthday. happy
1: birthday to our friend Clark. Happy so, birthday.
2: Uh, so with that said, Clark, um, cheers to you, good sir. Um, with a little bit of Cleveland whiskey, by the way. Who doesn't like a little Cleveland whiskey, no matter if you're in South Carolina or now Idaho? And Allie will soon have her uh, Cleveland whiskey when she gets back in the Dirty Myrtle. Um, but I'm having magic rabbit tonight. Allie called it milk. I,
1: yeah, I, show I, it. Can you show it to the people? Yeah, it's, it's, it's so- milk. It's milk. That's well, milk. First it's of milk. all,
2: first of all, it's peanut butter chocolate whiskey, folks. And yeah. with peanut butter chocolate whiskey, it says to put a heavy cream or kind of a cream-based like liqueur with it right so i'm having an adult milk sue me all right i'm having an adult milk anyway,
1: yeah. so anyway so peanut cool. butter
2: peanut or sorry magic rabbit it's really good stuff by the way guys it's not really high in alcohol content 35 percent um and of course they have their other great brands like i was just doing the bourbon double cherry um but yeah give cleveland whiskey a try uh support local ohio businesses um, if you don't have it in your state or you don't have it at your local liquor, liquor store in Ohio, make sure you ask for it.
1: Absolutely. Dustin, we are approaching kind of unknown territory over the course of the next, well, starting starting really back in 2017, but um, first round picks. What do those equate to? Those equate to fifth year options. Um, You know, I was taking a look at this list, Dustin. I'm just going to read these names off. From 2011 to 2016, the Browns did not pick up the fifth-year option on any of these players. Phil Taylor, Trent Richardson, Brandon Whedon, Barcavius Mingo, Johnny Manziel, Justin Gilbert, Cam Irving, Danny Shelton, Corey Coleman. That all changed in the 2017 draft with Miles Garrett, David Njoku, then so on to Denzel, Baker. And then you have the question mark for, you know next couple of years here with Jedrick Wilson and, and, and Greg Newsom. Um, when I looked at this list, Dustin, it was kind of staggering because I, I really hadn't realized <laughs> how many first round, I mean, <laughs> first round busts there were in, in years past. Um, Wait, and just with, throw new,
2: with a day. new GM and new, it, 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 it's fascinating when you're a football team that could hit on your first and second round picks, okay. how successful of a football team you can be. And when you miss on those, how that sets you back for years. It's it, it correlates. You have to be pretty sure on your first and second round picks. I mean, it's just it is what it is. I mean, and the Browns have been previously really bad. Yeah, I saw the comment. Have been really bad at that uh, at picking uh, first round talent. Um, I will have my milk and enjoy it.
1: Yeah, have fun, have fun. Um, but I guess that poses the question with with Jed, right? You know, he hasn't exactly had. That one season – now, I mean, he's still a very young player at left tackle.
2: Third year coming yeah, into right? Yes.
1: yes. Um, but down the line, you know, that's going to be a, a question. But ultimately, Dustin, I'm going to pose the question, do you think that he can become that player that can be the franchise left tackle? Now, I'm not going to compare him to the Hoff Joe Thomas. I'm not going to do that right. because he's in a category of his own. Um, but can Jed be that guy, that next –
2: Lockdown, down, locked yes.
1: down. The, the, Yeah, the franchise
2: capital. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I think I have a question mark on that, and I'll tell you why I have a question mark. I think this is the year that yeah. he has to prove that, year three, right? I really think we're in that space now. Uh, he had a pretty okay first year. Second year was a little better. Third year, I think he really needs to solidify that position to be that guy moving forward. And as you say, show the franchise that he's worth that long-term next contract.
1: Yeah.
2: So I think this will be the year that I think he'll really have to prove that and show that he's the long-term answer at left tackle.
1: Yeah. i um, reading an article here from Mike Sando of The Athletic. Um, he's the one that really listed this all out. He said the Browns had no fifth-year option decision to make this offseason because they traded their 2019 first-round choice to the Giants as part of the deal to bring Odell Beckham Jr. to Cleveland. They'll need to make a decision on left tackle Jedrick Wills next offseason. He is talented and, and, and plays an important position, but he was penalized frequently as a rookie and hasn't played well consistently during his first two seasons overall. Cleveland could have a tough time finding replacement for Wills in the draft after trading premium picks to Houston in the Deshaun Watson deal.
2: Norman, good friend of the program, brings a good point up. Injuries slowed him down last year. He did have some injuries that definitely, uh, that kind of, didn't help his situation last year for sure so yeah
1: definitely and i don't want to discount that right and and yeah. same with baker mayfield I, I mean yes yesterday last year was just a, an injury plagued season um and not to discount that but you know it i mean you remember the first couple of weeks dustin you know he would come out he his ankle would be wrapped up to hell and back yeah. and he'd come in for a play or two, go right back out. Then yeah. next, the same thing would happen. Then the following, it was just like a, a constant, couldn't was, get, out. it was, was a lingering situation.
2: Yeah. He was testing it out to see how much he could play on it. Right. And obviously it was excruciating enough pain that he had to come out of the game. Right. So.
1: Yeah. And, and like Baker, you know, it's, it's a matter of, were you coming in too early or did should you have sat out a little bit longer to rest up? Because ultimately this is a cutthroat type of league um, and it's it's just, that sucks, right? <laughs> like you have one, one injury or whatever that physically slows you down and that could be money out of your pocket. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Dustin, why don't you tell our friends about uh-huh. Orlando Banking Company?
2: Well, yeah, Orlando Baking Company, guys, uh, for over a uh, for two generations or more in the greater Cleveland area, Orlando Baking Company has been the family name when it comes to breads, holiday, uh, any kind of bun or any kind of bread for all of Northeast Ohio and Greater Ohio. When you're looking for those products to put in your home. Um, and of course, you know, what's coming up Allie? Memorial day weekend. So what do you got to stock up on some hot dog buns, some hamburger buns and why, who else should you support other than the Orlando baking company? Also, they're hiring right now. Uh, they treat their employees. Great. We talked to Enzo quite a bit on the show. Um, about that, but they're also hiring. So if uh, you're looking for a job or to diversify or take a second job on I know a lot of people work second jobs, Ali, this is kind of our second job, uh, but uh, but uh, uh, yeah, give them a good support over there at Orlando Baking Company.
1: Speaking of Enzo, um, Dustin, the other night I had, <laughs> I had allergies so bad. I, I don't know why, but I get nighttime allergies. I'll be fine all day. And then at night I'll, I'll just get really bad allergies and I'll take a Benadryl or whatever, and go to bed. Um, but with that, that often causes you to have like insane dreams, like insane. Oh, I have crazy oh, dreams oh, to begin with, but, you know, I had a dream that I somehow was like in a coma and I slept through until week one of the NFL. And it was like a Thursday night game. I don't know who was even playing, but I woke up. It was like halftime. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I slept through my fantasy drafts. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to have to pick up people off <laughs> the waiver wire. How am I supposed to build a team when I slept through the fantasy drafts? And you so thought that's...
2: about going to Enzo's uh...
1: – Yeah, so if you don't know Enzo, he's our official fantasy football guy for the Here We Go Browns podcast. He, he dabbles in some fantasy. Um, and he has
2: his own podcast himself. Yes,
1: he does. He knows what he's talking about, uh, especially when it comes to your Cleveland Browns. So make sure you check him out. We'll have him on later on. Uh, as we get closer to the season, but Dustin, last week I missed it. You guys, you and Felix went over the schedule. I want to, I want to take a look at it here. I want to have that conversation between us as we, as we close out. Um, yeah. Where did did you guys settle? You know, what was your, what was your record?
2: Well, again, the big question mark was the Deshaun Watson, sure suspension, right? Um, if he only misses four to six games, I had ten to eleven wins okay. um, based on the schedule and how it laid out. Especially the first four weeks of the season, right? It's it's built pretty nicely there, Um, and then we get into kind of the difficult middle. Then we get a little relief, and then of course, but there's some really juggernauts in there, the Bills, the Bucks. um, Yeah, there's some really tough ones in the middle there where you could see us, you know, having some struggles.
1: No, it it all depends on who's under center week one, right? And and for how long is that player under center if there is any type of suspension? Um, But ultimately. I think that the first couple of weeks are actually Winnable. okay. Um, you know, you're at Panthers, Jets at home, uh, Pittsburgh at home and then at Falcons. I think it, at least three of those, regardless of who's the, under center is pretty good.
2: Yeah, and that's and, you know that's what Felix and I said, no matter who's under center, we're a run first team, right? Again, you don't need you know someone to go and play lights out. You just yeah. need to get first downs and win the football, day, football yeah. game and control the clock, right? And you should be able to do that against teams like the Jets, the Carolina – you know, like you should be able to do that, right? That's Listen your job.
1: Listen to this. Listen to this. This one kind of freaks me out a little bit. Um, the Jets. This is their first couple of games. Week one, Ravens. Week two, Browns. Week three, Bengals. Week four, Steelers. Dolphins, Packers, Broncos, Patriots, Bills. <laughs> That's hard. I mean, that sucks. I mean, that is brutal, yeah. but you know, out of those, um, do you have us go in four and O in those first three, four? At, you least have three,
2: at least three and one. I have us yeah. at least three I and one. I
1: do you think could would be the potential loss there. Mm-hmm. I, I actually truly Atlanta, believe. Atlanta, Atlanta,
2: Atlanta, Really? Atlanta. And I'll tell you why Atlanta. Um, we were t- Felix and I were talking about that. It's always a tough place to go down there and win in the dome. It's loud and stuff. Um, I will know this, Clark knows this. There's a lot of Browns fans going to that home opener against uh Carolina. I think there'll be a lot of Browns fans in Carolina, and we are going to break the I don't know how many year I more.
1: I think I think week one we win. I do, yeah, yeah. You hear my dogs?
2: Yeah, the dog, there's the dog count, <laughs> <laughs> but but no, I think that game is winnable. Um, I think I just think the defense again they're not going to be going through the motions in week one, right? The defense is going to be ready to come and play lights out in week one. And I think they're going to have to step it up on the road, maybe get some uh, turnovers. I, I think that's a very, win-win. I think it's even a game that could get out of hand and the Browns win in a pretty uh, big fashion.
1: Okay, I, Look, I agree. I think week one, I, I think we broke the curse. You know, what does scare me a little bit. And it's because the Jets have to win at least one of those games in their no. first eight games. That one scares me a little bit. Um, Pittsburgh doesn't scare me right now. Falcons do not scare me. Well,
2: well, I, the Falcons scare me because it's a road game and it's in the dome and you're always going to have, you know, it's always a tough one. The offense,
1: they are – I hate it. I mean, I, I hate what yeah, they're doing. But the Jets,
2: it's our home opener. It's our home no, opener. You're
1: right, you're right. But they're – I don't think that the Jets are going to be good. I think they'll be frisky. They're a team that can and will beat you depending on circumstance. Um, th- but it just freaks me out that they've got such a hard schedule. We're going to have to win one of those games, and I just hope to God that it's not a, not us.
2: Three, three interceptions against Zach Wilson in that game. Hey, i yeah. love
1: that for us. Please.
2: I, I, love- I just think it's going to be too much for the Jets to handle for a Browns home opener. Mm-hmm. I just think the energy will be there. I, yeah, it'll be.
1: Yeah, right. we'll see. All right, and then we pick things up in the next quarter. I, t- I tend to look at everything as like a quarter of a season, right? I know we have 17 games now, but I still kind of look at it as a, as a quarter. Here in the second quarter, you've got the Chargers, Patriots, Ravens, Bengals. Obviously a little bit more steep. Um, I, I really am looking forward to that Chargers game. I think that's, that's great. Having it at 1 o'clock I think is a huge point of emphasis as well. They're coming off of their – they're, you know, Pacific time coming over here. If it were a night game, that's too much time for them to adjust. They'll still be at like what, 10 o'clock their time. So, so yeah. give me, the, give me the chargers at home at one. Um, but out of those four games, chargers, Pats, Ravens, Bengals, what do you see here in the that next quarter?
2: Um, I do see us getting a Ravens win. Um, okay. There are, there are nemesis. I think the chargers will be tough. I just do. Um I've talked to this at length with people. The Browns haven't lost to Joe Burrow. Um, For whatever reason, we have the Bengals number. Um, Is that in Cincinnati or is that in Cleveland? Uh,
1: That is in Cleveland.
2: Okay. Again, I think we'll do fine there. Um, And what was it? So we had Pittsburgh. What was the fourth one?
1: Uh, Chargers.
2: Oh, New England. New England. Um, New
1: England, Ravens, Bengals.
2: Again, it's Bill Belichick, man. Like he, like it's a tough out. I think, I think Mac Jones will be a better quarterback. Now again, Deshaun Watson versus Mac Jones. It's a whole nother situation. It's not, it's not Baker Mayfield versus do I think that game will be very competitive? Yes. Especially if Deshaun Watson's under center, because I think you could have where Deshaun Watson, you know, wants to prove his worth against someone like Bill Belichick, right? Like I can beat Bill Belichick, you know, um so I don't know in that game. That could go either way actually, that one.
1: I agree. Um I agree on Ravens. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with you. All right, Dolphins, Bills, Bucks, Texans. Okay. Interesting. This is an interesting little span here.
2: Yeah, so Dolphins on the road, right? We're down yeah. in, the, in the in the Miami. Um sure. Miami'll be a good football team by then. I think they'll be clicking, right? They'll uh They'll have Tyreek moving, doing his thing. Um, I That could be a tough one for us, right? That could be a loss on the road. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we come home to Tampa. Is that right?
1: Yeah, then we go to Buffalo.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. Here, here's the thing about Buffalo. A Buffalo, I every power ranking I see has Buffalo as the number one football team. And I'm pissed off that they got Shakir from Boise State, but that's a whole nother conversation. Um, But – I think that could be a tough one. But, again, it's only 90 miles up the lake, right? We're going to Buffalo, so it's not like we, it's a big road game. So I think it'll be competitive, um, but we could lose that one. And then we got – here's the one that I think will surprise people and might be a surprise answer for people. I think the Browns will play up to the Buccaneers and be up for that game, and I think they're going to beat Tom Brady in Cleveland. I I think they'll play up to that game. And, um, and here's the thing, like – they say like you know he's made a kryptonite and he, he gets older and he just keeps winning. At some point, you know I always say this, but uh, I'm trying to think of what I want to say here. But uh, you know when age catches up with you, right? So
1: Justin, that we we say that every year about Tom Brady, every right. single year. And yeah,
2: this- but, but but I got to tell you, I saw a crack last year. I saw a crack when he played the Rams. Right, he got frustrated in that football game. He he was a little. Not Tom Brady. He got his first personal foul call ever in his career in that football game against him. I just felt like there was a little bit of a crack there, right? And uh Maybe. father. And here's the thing. Guess guess who's undefeated, Ali? In, in in the world, Father Time. Father Time is undefeated. Him oh,
1: and Tom Brady are neck and neck right now. They're going <laughs> at
2: it. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm saying yes, they're having a little bit of a slug. Mess, but, <laughs> but Father Time, at some point, wins, right? And here's the thing. I again, I, I truly believe this. If Tom Brady was playing 15 years ago, he would still not be playing in the National Football League because the game is so different today, right? Like they don't allow you to go after the quarterback and put the hits on these guys like they did 15, 20 years ago. So I think because of the way, Wait, the game what
1: has, did you just say? say that again to me.
2: So because of the way the game has changed. The, because of the way the game has changed and how they put so much emphasis on protecting the quarterback. I think if Tom Brady played, you know, t- 30 years ago and then 10 or 15 years into that time frame, he would have been punished a lot more as a quarterback and hurt more than the current quarterbacks are protected today. I think a lot of quarterbacks have had that luxury of being protected where they weren't in the past. So I, I think there's a more emphasis uh, with concussions and all that to keep, especially the quarterback safe.
1: Okay, you do, you do know, though, he has been in the league since.
2: No, no, I, no, I understand that. <laughs> right. But what I'm saying is if he got, I mean, if you look at some of his early footage, how he got knocked around in his career, if that continued, right, for the next 20 years he got smacked yeah, around like okay,
1: that. I hear you. I hear yeah,
2: you. I, I think that would, you know, it would just, I mean, look, I mean, look at some of these guys like, uh, well, a perfect example, uh, Big Ben. If he would have taken care of himself more. I think he could have lasted three or four more years because he was getting protected, you know, more and more in his career, but he got hit a lot right early in his career. So I could see some of that. Um, I just see the quarterback being protected more and more because there's so much yeah. emphasis not to have that happen. But.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like on every podcast that's ever existed, that talks about Tom Brady, they say, well, father time. It hasn't happened. So, I,
2: saying, I'm saying, I'm, I'm every podcast, what do you say? Yeah, I,
1: I'm saying that's the most generic statement <laughs> that everybody no, says. Hurts, hurts
2: my heart, Allie. No, hey, Ali, just- But you know what, Allie? I think what we should do is go to the 2023 Pro Bowl. What do you think?
1: Just yeah, kidding. Think we'll see.
2: No, no Pro Bowl, right? They're trying to get rid oh, of it. Yeah,
1: they're, re- they're, they're, or reevaluating, it's it's going to be interesting. It's but
2: stupid, it's stupid. It's I'm stupid. sorry, it's dumb. It they should just get rid of the Pro Bowl. That's All right, let's,
1: let's get back to this. Um, I think you're right. Dolphins could be a tricky one there on the road. Um, Bills, mm, mm, yeah, I don't. That could certainly be a loss. Uh, and, and especially Tom Brady, you don't know what you're getting with the, with him, right? Like coming into Cleveland, you don't know at that point. We have Deshaun Watson, or is Jacoby Brissett going to be under center? This is so hard to tell. This is such a hard game to play, the schedule game, because you don't know who's going to be your quarterback for your Cleveland Browns in 2022. But I do agree with you, Dustin, that the Browns tend to play up to the level of their better opponents. Uh, And I'm going to say that with the Bills. They tend to do that with the Chiefs, even though they haven't, um, beaten them over the past couple of years, but I do agree that I think that they will play up to Tom Brady um, in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers level. Uh, but then they go down to Houston for a return game for Deshaun Watson. I think that's going to be interesting. Don't think that will result in a loss. I just think that's going to be one to watch. Well,
2: um, can I, can I, let's talk about that. So I don't, my gut tells me he's not going to be suspended more than eight games. That's my gut telling me right. that more than half a season. So I think he'll be in that game. Do you think emotions or anything plays into that game? Worry? So I think that game could be a blowout for the Browns. Like, they, like he just balls out in that game to prove a point, right? Um, and it is, it's not a close game at all. And by the way, yeah. at that point, you know, maybe depending on the record, you know, you don't know what that team, how much will they have left in them too, you know?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, I, I think the Texans are just really bad. So it's hard to say that you know that's going to be any – with bad teams, it's hard to say that you're just going to go in and kick their ass because sometimes they play up, sometimes they play down. Right. Most of the time it's down. But I don't know. Those games are sometimes really hard to judge. I think it's sometimes a lot easier to, to make predictions on teams that are equal to or better than your caliber of play. Um, but I, I don't know. I think, yeah, he might get some booze, but I, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be that charged because I just don't think that they're good enough to have that – type of environment at a one o'clock game in December. I just don't. Um, Then the last half of the season or last quarter of the season um, at Cincinnati Ravens at home, saints at home at commanders and finish with the Steelers. Um,
2: I think you can go three and one there.
1: Yeah, I do too. I think. um, Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, obviously, Washington's always going to have a good defense, right? That could be kind of one of those weird slug 17-12 kind of games, right? That kind of goes back and forth, and the defense kind of slug it out. Um, Having the Ravens home late, is that a Monday night game?
1: Uh, I don't know. What day
2: does that mean? No, no, Cincinnati's our Monday night game, October 31st. By the way, we it was funny. I was talking about, as we, as you know, a lot of folks know, we went to the October 31st game last year, and everybody's like, no, you can't come back to an October 31st game. You were no, bad. No, yeah, <laughs> we
1: can't do that. We can't do that. No. Uh, no, but I think that you certainly have an opportunity to finish the season strong in Cincinnati, Ravens at home, um, Saints at home, and then, you know, Commanders, that, that could be an interesting one, right? I think that they're a, a good enough team, another yep. frisky team that can and will beat you uh, at at their place ron rivera
2: um, wall coach team right
1: oh yeah They're even when they're bad they're good you know under right. under ron rivera they, they just they just are um and then finish with the Steelers. so yeah. look how many how many wins did you have when you and felix did this
2: between 10 and 11 we kind of waffle depending on because i and i i could see us 10 with eight game suspension right i mean if, it, if it's a half a season Maybe we're again relying on that defense to win us some football games, right? Yeah. Um, but I had 10 to 11.
1: Well, Justin, now, let, me, let me rephrase the way I asked this. Yeah, let's just assume that Deshaun Watson has an eight game suspension. You're going with about 10 wins,
2: about 10 wins. Yeah, let's just say
1: then another hypothetical that he is not suspended this year. Well, how are, do you have the finishing I, then?
2: I don't see that, I don't see that happening.
1: I don't um, either, but let's play the hypothetical here. Let's just say and 12,
2: twelve and five if he's not suspended. Okay. Twelve and five. I agree with
1: that. I, I yeah. think I agree. with
2: you. Yeah, I mean, if he's not suspended, this is a tough. This is a scary football team, right? Um, but if he's suspended four games, I think that gives us another win, eleven, right? That gets us okay. in that middle, eleven yeah, and.
1: I think that's
2: fair. Yeah, but I think that's yeah, fair. This, twelve and five if if Deshaun Watson's now. Um, the commissioner has made some statements as of recently. Uh, we're doing our final, you know, thing, Then it'll be up to the disciplinary officer. By the way, Ali, I don't know if you're aware of this. It's different now because of the new collective bargaining agreement. Right. So it actually goes to the committee. Um, so uh, Roger it Goodell, is not, uh, it is
1: not Roger Goodell that makes the ultimate decision. Right. Um, they do have their own officiating. Committee to determine disciplinary disciplinary actions for players. Yeah, and let me ask you
2: this: Do you think that favors or hurts Deshaun? I, I think it favors, but I, that's just—it's
1: it's, gonna... it's so hard to know. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't. Uh, and anything that I would be saying that it would favor him or would not, I think would just be spitballing because I don't know. I don't. Be, if we go. We go some ways. It.
2: Yeah, it'd be speculative. I agree.
1: And again, you know, we said this when Deshaun Watson came to the Cleveland Browns. Um, you know, it's it's a very sensitive subject, right? We're still aware of that. Uh, right. But, you know, this is another income stream for us. We're going to continue to talk about what this means for the Cleveland Browns, right? That's that's just the way that this is. Um, but also I said it then and I'll say it now because I, I think that it's still uh, relevant is that there's probably some information out there that we are not privy to right? Um, that has not yet been disclosed or may not be disclosed. And, Uh, I cannot form a 100% absolute opinion on any matter if I don't have all the details. So, you know, just from our vantage point, Dustin, and from a a fan's perspective, there's probably a lot out there that we don't know. So, to be able to speculate like this, it's tough to do.
2: Uh, Todd brings up a good point. Um, If there is a suspension, the appeals are considered by Goodell. So, it it could be interesting how that appeal process would work out versus the actual suspension itself. Uh, Looks like our good friend, um, Norman says he doesn't like any games. He doesn't yeah. think any games. Um, I think minimum of four. That's just my gut. That's a minimum of four.
1: Well, and, and two, it, it does depend on uh, the civil suits, right? We we do know that that may go on until 2023, like spring of 2023. And if that is the case, he may not face a s- suspension. Excuse me. This year, it could be 2023. I don't well,
2: know. And, that, and Allie, they did mention that they have chosen both parties the Deshaun party and the accusers yeah. that they're punting that to the
1: Correct. No of
2: that. trial or right.
1: any of that will take place during the season.
2: Right. So the NFL might be like, "Hey, we don't have enough information from the civil suits, right? They could the the the, the, the NFL could literally punt, right? And say, "You know what? Hey, we don't have enough information yet. We are still going to do an ongoing investigation and wait till these civil cases play themselves out." But You know, with Ezekiel Elliott and some of these other things, the NFL did make a decision on that before the civil suits were settled. So, um, but again, I don't know what to expect with Roger Goodell not being the final uh, judge and jury on this, like he has been in the past. So, I don't know how that. I think it'll be a different type of. And and here's the other thing that's floating out there: the whole Trevor Bauer thing. Is the NFL not going to allow you know, uh, you know, to be you know, we want to show that we have you know some respect among uh you know a league as well so there's some of that discussion with that whole trevor bauer thing so yeah
1: yeah i mean of course there are some some similarities right uh, but you know comparing apples to avocados in a, in a certain way of course the mlb governing body is is different the way that they go about their business than the nfl and, and nba you know nhl they're all they're all different um I do believe that the NFL and their governing body will probably not take a lot of that into consideration just for a competitive factor to say hey we're going to follow in that in in those steps um, but I don't know I, I again anything that we're saying right now is completely just just speculation yeah. um, and it, it's and so it, hard to do. it's dangerous actually
2: Andrew yeah. Andrew brings up a really good point and this is what we see a lot of times with the nfl remember the personal conduct clause is about protecting the nfl shield and that is true um they are very uh adamant about protecting the shield so again that's why i think something will come out of this we just don't know but i do i do believe sooner than later ali we will have an answer on this probably in the next month if not sooner I think the NFL will make some kind of decision on this because, again, you have you got-
1: to. You have to. At some point, you have to, right? If not. Right. Um, but ultimately, right now, uh, what we do know is he is in Berea. He is reporting, he is actively there and participating in these offseason programs. Um, encourage you to check out the Brown social media. You can see a lot of great, great. stuff.
0: It's, it's been, been very good.
1: Um, in the event that there is a suspension, this time right now, is invaluable to be able to build chemistry, build core, and learn the playbook. Uh, because should there be a suspension, he will not be in the building. Um, so, so well, and they may determine that, that preseason he can be there, but sure. we don't know that. Um, but I guess right now, Browns, Deshaun, Watson, all parties involved, uh, taking in what they can, uh, being present and being active. But again, what do we know? What do we know? You,
2: know? you know what I was hoping, Allie, is we would get actually an invite, you and ourselves, to go and, you know, just see how the bahamas were i was like you know i would have, i would have liked to you know an invite to the bahamas to go see how you know they gelled as a football team i didn't get the invite but but you know, I, was a little...
1: I did i just turned it down i was busy oh. <laughs> <laughs> they needed they needed me to help run some routes i i'm actually part of the offense not the coaching staff or anything i am actually a, a player um, i'm a hybrid running back um <laughs> Receiver, linebacker, defense. You and
2: Dimitri, uh share some playing time of it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah that's that's, right. that's my credibility for this podcast. But nonetheless, guys, let's let's go ahead and close here. Dustin, any closing thoughts as we wrap up on a beautiful Wednesday evening?
2: um You know, just everybody have an awesome Memorial Day weekend. Hug your family, be with your family, enjoy your family. um In the events of what's happened in the country, it kind of is a time to reset and enjoy your family and remember what you have is and be grateful that you have it. So. Yeah. As always, you know everybody just enjoy the weekend. Uh, before we know it, training camp will be here, and Browns football will be here again.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, no, Dustin, you're right. Go we'll hug your loved ones. Uh, tell them you love them. You know, call your mom, call your grandma, yes. call your dad, yeah. call your call your loved ones. Tell them you miss them. Tell them you love them. Um, life is too short. It's it's incredibly precious, and uh, you just never know when something can happen. And I'm sure they'd like to hear from you. So take Ali's advice call your loved ones guys with that. Stay safe, stay healthy. And there's always Browns fans go Browns,
2: go Browns.